Well, we have been talking about God's word and the, the, the essential principle of what we've been saying is this, that God's word planted within us produces results. And we've been coming from the, the scriptures where Jesus told the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower is pretty simple. There was a, a, a sower and he had seed. And later Jesus explains to us that the sower is a person, it could be Jesus, but it also could be anyone who sows the word. The seed in the parable is the word. Say that when we say the seed is the word. And so the seed is the word and he talks about four types of grounds. He talks about the wayside. He talks about the stony ground or the shallow ground. He talks about the thorny ground or the weeds. And then he talks about the good ground. Everybody say good ground. The point is, again, that God's word planted within us produces results. When it's planted, it produces results. Seed is always being sown. The word is always being sown. Somehow, somehow some way, every, every Sunday, uh, you know, we have Bible studies during the week. You've got the podcast. Now, you've got opportunities every day to read the word yourself, to study the word yourself. You've got opportunities every day to have the word sown into your life. So the question we've been asking is, what type of ground are you? What type of ground are you? Are you the wayside? Are you the shallow ground? Are you the, the ground that's full of weeds? Or are you good ground? You know, we're meant to bear fruit. The end of that parable talks about the good ground and how the good ground produces a harvest. It produces fruit. We in our lives, point to yourself, say, I should be bearing fruit. You should be producing results. What does bearing fruit mean, JT? Well, that means a, a lot of different things. Spiritually, you should be bearing fruit. There are fruits of the Spirit that should be showing up in our life. There's also natural things. I believe that God who's a three-part being, who, who, who knows that we're three-part beings, who created us as three-part beings. We're a spirit. That's who we are. We have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a body. Touch your body. That's, that's, your, that's your earth suit. But the real you is a spirit. So I believe that every part of you, that God wants to keep every part of us 100, that, we should, that every piece of us, should be functioning at a high level. Spiritually, I should be producing fruit. That my soul, that the Bible tells us that I should have the mind of Christ, that I have the mind of Christ, that I have um, power, love, that he gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That means my soul should be operating well. As a matter of fact, the Bible also says that, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So my spirit should be prospering as I read the word, as I spend time with God. My soul should be prospering. My body should be prospering. God says, his word tells us that he died on the cross. He sent his son to die on the cross that we were healed. At the point when he died, we were healed. That our bodies, that he bore sickness and disease so that we don't have to. Our entire being should be operating in a hundred. But why don't we? Many times, it's because we haven't got the revelation from his word. We haven't got the revelation of, of who we are or what he says I'm supposed to be or how to get what I don't have. And we're missing it in the word. We're missing it in the most important piece. I know that I've been on this longer than I've been, I think, on any topic since we started the church but I believe in it. And I believe that sometimes it's the simple things that we got to get right. 
And it's the simple topics. This is probably one of the simplest messages you could preach. It's a simple parable that Jesus told. You're going to be one of four types of ground. What type of ground are you? But I think it's important that we get this and that we, that in order for us to grow as a church, not numerically, I'm just saying this, in order for us to grow as a church, in order for us to go from where we are to where we're supposed to be, we should be moving up. I don't want to stay where I'm at. I want to move up. I want to escalate. I want to elevate. I want to go from where I am to where, I sh- where I'm supposed to be. How many of y'all are supposed to be somewhere? You know you're supposed to be somewhere. I'm supposed to be doing better than this. I'm supposed to be, I don't know why I'm at where I'm at right now, but I'm going to find out, I'm going to fix it, and I'm going to move forward. Amen? That's what God wants for us. The key is the word. There may be other things that you've got to work on and change as well. And some of that we want to talk about today. As a matter of fact, the underlying tone today to continue where we are is that we have authority over the devil. This is a revelation that I got from God's word many years ago. And I'm so thankful for it because now I know and I recognize when the devil's trying to do something in my life. And because I recognize it, and because I can see it, and because I sense it, and because I, 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 can, I can tell, hey, that is not of God. When the devil tries to do something, I now know the authority I have over him, and I can do something about it. How many of y'all have ever heard of the, uh, the Evander Holyfield-Mike Tyson fight? Y'all, y'all know the fight? They, they, they called it the bite fight. The bite fight, because... The rumor is that Mike Tyson knew he was going to lose, that he knew he couldn't beat Evander Holyfield. He'd already lost once to him. He'd, he'd, he'd knocked him out. And so he had tried the first time. He was cheating. He was headbutting. And so this time, Mike Tyson bites Evander Holyfield's ear off, or a piece of it off. And Evander Holyfield didn't have Jesus there to put his ear back on. So he's, he's got a piece of his ear missing. He's beat up. He's pummeled. But because... Mike Tyson cheated, he was disqualified, and Evander Holyfield was named the champion. The world heavyweight champion. $34 million. Four rounds, missing ear, $34 million. Not a bad day. But then he went home with that $34 million check. And he went to his wife. And he handed over that check to his wife. And she's standing there with no bruises, both of her ears in very good condition, and $34 million. See, Evander Holyfield was a conqueror. His wife was more than a conqueror. And God's word has called us more than conquerors. He's called us more, we are more than conquerors. The reason that we are more than conquerors is because Jesus is the one that went to death, hell, to, 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 went down to hell and defeated death, hell, and the grave. He's the one that did the fighting for us. He is, in my analogy, Evander Holyfield. He did the fighting for us. He, he conquered and defeated Satan. He removed his authority from your life. Satan has zero authority in your life. Zero, zilch, none, nada. God and, and, and Jesus took it. Away from him. He took it for you. As a matter of fact, not only did he do that, but then he gave you credit for it. 
that amazing? It's like we won the fight and did nothing. It's like our name is on the belt, but we did nothing. You don't believe me? You check out the check out the scripture. Check out the scripture. We're gonna look at this. It's uh, I'm skipping down a little bit, and I'm gonna come back if you're if you're following with me on the screens there. We're gonna look here at Colossians two fifteen. He says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Having disarmed them, he disarmed the principles and powers. First John 4, 4. You are of God, little children. See that you are of God. And because he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. Let me read that again. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Who is them? Who is them? In the early part of this chapter, he explains the principalities and evil spirits that that we know comes from the devil. We have overcome them. We belong to God, and because we belong to God, as little children, he's our heavenly father, we have taken, or he has given us credit for his victory. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Isn't that amazing? Greater, the other translations say it this way, and this is the way we quote it a lot. Greater is he that is in me. That's a capital H because there's a capital H God living inside of you. There's a capital Holy Spirit living inside of you. Your spirit is connected to his spirit. He is living inside of you. The spirit that overcame the dead, that over, I mean, the spirit that rose from the dead is living inside of me. I'm not going to let anybody walk over me. I'm not going to let any spirit, any devil, come on, the devil's going to come at me? No, sir. My daddy, my daddy already fought that battle. I'm not gonna have. To, I'm not gonna refight it. Let me tell you something. My girls have full range, full access to my refrigerator. It's my refrigerator. I stock that refrigerator. I put food in that refrigerator. You come to my house. Don't don't go in my refrigerator. Now my girls can walk right past you. Walk over that refrigerator. Now the little one, she can't open it yet. But she, as a matter of fact, yesterday, I would try to open it, and you have to be real quick with her, because she'll run. As soon as you open the refrigerator, she wants to go in there and play. She thinks it's somewhere she can play. She's one. And so she runs over, and she wedges herself, this is no joke, she wedges herself in between the door that's open and the frame of the refrigerator and starts screaming. Ah! I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to close her in the door. And she's like determined to be in the, in the refrigerator. And th- at this point, she just wants to win. She doesn't even care about the stuff in the refrigerator anymore. She's like, you're not going to close this door on me. So I let her win, okay? But we'll, we'll correct that later, amen? But that's her refrigerator. That's her refrigerator because I've given her access to it. Now, I may invite you over to my house, but without giving you permission to go in my refrigerator, I don't want you, do, I don't want you rearranging my furniture. I like it where it is. We put it there. Don't come in there and rearrange my furniture. And I think all of us feel the same way about our house, right? That's because it's our house. And my children are the same way because it's their house. I've given them that domain. God gave us. He gave us. He says, you belong to God and you've already won a victory. I like this other translation. I think when I pull the scriptures in, I pulled it in in a different translation. But it says that you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Look at Ephesians 2, 1 through 7. And you 
who he made alive, you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the powers of the unseen world. We'll read it off of the screen. He, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Next verse. And all of us used to live that way. We were following passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But by our very own nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. Next. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, it is only by God's grace that we have been saved. We know that we are saved by faith through grace. I'm going somewhere with this. Y'all stay with me. He has raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him. You see that? Who are we seated with? We're seated with Christ. We're seated in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. We are seated above. So God can point to us in, in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all that he has done. For we are united in Christ Jesus. Go back to verse 6. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus by Christ Jesus. Because of what he did and because he gave the authority to the church. Now, the, the, the key here is not, you know, we're, on Thursday nights I'm focusing on our authority, how to use it, how to exercise it while we have it. What I want to talk to you about today is that this is just one principle. This is just one key factor. Why then, if this is true, why if we have authority over the devil, why are Christians all over the world being pummeled by the devil? Because they don't know. They have no idea what I just said. They have no revelation in them. They're one of those first three types of grounds. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard that. And you're like, wait a second, I, I can do that? And, and then you go out this week and you've got to face the devil. What type of ground are you? Is that, is that seed that I'm planting you today from God's word, is that seed going to take root in your life and actually grow? Is it? Or are you going to be the wayside where the seed's snatched up by the devil? Are you going to be the shallow ground where it starts to grow but it can't stand the heat? Or are you going to be the weed-infested ground where the seed takes root but the weeds, the lust of life, choke it out? What type of ground are you? This is just one principle. This is just one Fact. This is just one thing. This is just one example of a revelation that I've received that has changed my life. You can't take this away from me. I know because I know God's word and I know that it's true. I know where I stand against the devil. I know where I stand. And I know that I know that I know. You can't talk me out of it. You can't take it away from me. The, the word has been sown in my life. I want to encourage you again this week. Do not let the devil steal the word. The number one thing he wants to do is steal the word from you. The number one thing, if he can steal the word, if he can keep you from church, if he can keep you from reading the word, if he, listen, the devil, once you have this, this revelation that I'm talking about, once you know the authority you have of the devil, see, he'll run from you. I don't know, I, I've, I've been the type of Christian before where I would kind of run from the devil when I would feel that pressure, when I would feel, you know, I mean, I'd be excited on Sunday, but, but when I'd feel the pressure from the devil, I wouldn't, I wouldn't combat him. 
I didn't have any armor. I didn't have any weapons. I didn't, I didn't know how to do it. But once I got that, once I got that inside of me, once that, that, that seed had grown and planted and taken root, the devil runs for me. Every once in a while, he'll sneak back around and try something. When we planted the church, for the first time in a long time, I felt the devil trying to, trying to push in. And for the first time in a long time, I had to take a stand like I hadn't taken in a, in a while. I had to reestablish things, reestablish order. I had to go around my house and say, no devil, not today, not tomorrow, not any day. This is my house, and your authority stops at this doorstep. You can stay out there and do whatever you want, but you're not messing with this apartment complex. You're not messing with my house. You're not messing with my, you're not messing with my children. You're not messing with my wife. You're not messing with my marriage. Your authority stops there. I may mess it up and God may have to give me grace and help me fix it, but you're not going to because my authority over you trumps you and you got to sit down. You got to listen. You got to leave. I don't mean to yell at y'all, but that's how I get. Seriously, that's how you should be. That's how you should be. That's the type of, of act, the, the action and attitude you should have towards the devil. We are seated in heavenly places. Oh, hallelujah. We are seated. See, by faith, I see myself there. I know where I'm seated. I know. I don't have to, I don't have to physically be there to know where God told me I am. Because I know his word. Have y'all ever used, how many of y'all have ever used a, a flashlight on your phone? Who's ever used a flashlight on your phone? Raise your hand. See, my generation, I don't even know if we know what a flashlight is. I, I mean, a real flashlight. I mean, I just, I have one on my phone. I carry it with me everywhere I go. I don't know why they still make other flashlights. Unless they're like heavy duty flashlights or the ones that go on a helmet for like miners. I just, I don't need, I got one with me. It's in my pocket. As long as I got battery, even if it's got 1%, baby, I got a flashlight. Now, when we come in this room, this is a rented space. Y'all have heard me describe that before we rent this out. We bring in all of our equipment. We start early in the morning. And so when we come here early in the morning, it's dark. It's dark outside when we come in. There are no lights on. And when I come in this space, or even that space sometimes, I, I, I can't see everything. I can't see it all. I don't know if maybe there's, it's supposed to be empty in here when we come in, but maybe they left something. I don't know. So what do I do? I pull out my phone out of my back pocket. I swipe up from the bottom, and I hit the flashlight. And immediately, illumination comes. And the room is now illuminated in a way it was not before, and I can see what was there or what's not there. Now let me ask you something. If there was an obstacle in my way before I turned on the flashlight, was it there before? Was it there after? What's the difference? I can see it. I can see it. I can see it now. I can see what I couldn't see before. I, I have illuminated what was already there but what I couldn't see before. And that's what God's word does in our life. See, there are things that you're waging against, that you're fighting against, that you're pushing against that you may not even realize. You're trying to get somewhere. And you're trying to move somewhere. And maybe it's not even, maybe it's you. Maybe you're holding yourself back. 
Maybe there's something at your job that you don't even realize is there. Maybe there's something you haven't prayed about. Maybe there's unforgiveness in your heart that you haven't dealt with. Maybe there's, there's whatever it is. The word of God, written or spoken, will illuminate and show you what's, uh, what's already there. It'll show you what's in the room. It'll show you the obstacles that you need to jump over, that you need to hurdle, that you need to walk around. Watch out for that, JT. Watch out for that. Don't go there. Don't deal with them anymore. Don't take that job. Illumination. See, God's word, his written word, tells us many things, many principles of God, promises of God, then his spirit also tells us how to be led by his spirit and how to hear from his spirit. And his spirit tells me the things that aren't in his word. Like, for instance, uh, it did not say, there was nowhere in the Bible that told me to come to 537 Clemson Road in Columbia, South Carolina and start Family Worship Center Columbia. It's not in there. But God worked it out, led us, led my pastor. We worked together. We're both being spirit-led. And he, he helped, and, and here we are today, following God's plan because of his written word and his spoken word that illuminated a path. I didn't know where to go. I had been looking for years for buildings in multiple cities. Never found one this easy. Never found one this way. Never found one like this. But he illuminated. When I needed it most, he illuminated. Check out these scriptures. They go right along with that. Psalms, or we have a, a scripture we can look, like, look at here. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Psalm 119, 105. God's word is a lamp. You know, the Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing. And we've, we've talked about that. Faith comes by hearing. You know, I want to just throw this out there. That's supernatural hearing. That, that when you hear the word, the word is supernatural. See, the Bible says that God's word is spirit and it's life. Think about that. God's word is spirit and it's life. That means that, that you've got to hear the word and let it get to your spirit. Does that make sense? That it's a spiritual hearing. The, the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have no other scripture that indicates any other way we get faith. But yet without faith, it's impossible to please God. We must have faith. Say it with me. I know I've had you repeat a lot today. But say it with me. Say, I must have faith. To please God. That's Hebrews eleven six. 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must have faith. How do I get faith? It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. No other scripture indicates. You can pray and ask God to help you, but you still got to have the word to help you grow faith. Prayer will not give you faith. Faith comes by hearing the word. You can fast. Now, fast will help your faith work. Because when you fast, it removes your flesh out of the way. It removes things. It, it, you put your flesh under subjection. Fasting works wonders. It works miracles. But it's because I've got faith in God, and then the fasting breaks through barriers. But it's not, it does not help me get, fasting does not help me get faith. Faith comes by what? By the word, by hearing the word. The word is crucial. The word is key. The word is vital. Do not let the devil steal your word. Get in his word. Stay in his word. Stay, live 
and abide. I talked about it a few weeks ago. Abide in his word. Live in his word. Make your home in his word. Make it your house. My house is built on his word. Built on his word. I got to wrap up, so I'm 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 going to go here. Your faith, right? I would write this down and make this a, a mantra for your life. Because this is ultimately what we're talking about, that the word builds faith and the faith uh, breaks through the barriers, breaks, through, breaks open doors. Your faith cannot change because your circumstances do. This is why we must be good ground. This is why the word must, must be in our life and planted in our life like never before because the world we live in is, is in the, the, what the, the, the systematic way of the world created by the devil is to change up our circumstances, to, to, to shift things. People say stuff. People, people, people influence. Work happens. Your faith cannot change because your circumstances do. Cannot change. Your faith has to withstand and stand through the circumstances. How do we do that? By working on your ground. If my faith is wavering, I've got to go back to the word. Does that make sense? Let's, let's go back to the, 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 the principle of having authority over the devil. If I feel like I need to work on that, I want you to get and realize that the overarching principles here. That, that if I am, am, am uh, lacking in faith, to overcome the challenge that I'm facing, in order to overcome the challenge, in order to increase my faith, I can't just pray about it. I've got to go to the Word. I can't just Facebook it. I've got to go to the Word. I can't just believe. I can't just, I can't just hope. I can't just wish. I can't just desire. I've got to build my faith. And the only way to build my faith is to, to get in His Word. To hear his word. And I, 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 if every, I mean, honestly, constantly, I'm trying to, to, to push myself forward and move forward. So every day, I want to be in his word. But let me tell you something. When the word's being preached, I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss that. The, the, one of the first things that I do on Sunday is listen to my pastor's message from Sunday. Because I'm giving out the word, but I also need the word. I got stuff too. I got things too. I, I've, I've, got, I've got to have faith just like you've got to have faith. I need a pastor just like you need one. I need someone to preach the word and plant it in my life just like you do. I need to grow in faith just like you do. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to please God. So here's what I want to, I want to wrap up with two concepts. Number one, we've got to take our fight to the arena of faith. If you take the devil, or if you let the devil take you to the arena of reason, to the arena of logic, to any arena of his, it's a losing battle. It's a losing battle. But if you take him, if you bring the devil's fight to the arena of faith, you win every time. Here's why. Because the arena of faith is based on his word. And the devil can't change his word. The devil can't change his word. The devil can't alter his word. As a matter of fact, that's what the devil tried to do when he tempted Jesus. 
See, he took Jesus up, he showed him stuff, and he twisted the word. And Jesus, because he is the word, immediately regurgitated the correct word and a new word to the devil. And what did the devil do? He changed his game. He went to another place, and he twisted the word. And Jesus said, no, 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 let me give you the real word. And the devil changed his game again. He took him to another place, and he twisted the word, and he threw the word in front of Jesus, and he tempted him just like you and I are tempted. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. Let me tell you what God's word says on that. And he shut the devil up, and the devil left him alone. If he tempted Jesus three times, who is the word, you don't think he's going to tempt you? You've got to have the word, baby. You've got to have the word. The Bible says it's like a sword. I ended last week telling you and encouraging you, take your sword with you. Keep it, keep it with you. Don't just keep it sheathed all the time. Keep it hidden and protected and it's my little tiny sword. No, have a sword. Have a big sword that you can whip out and you can chop some heads off with that thing. I want, I want a big word sword in my life. It's a weapon that I can use that I should be using. When he comes, bring the devil into the arena of faith. Well, how do I do that? With the word. With the word. You gotta know the word. You gotta have a word. If you don't know a word, you know, this has actually happened. I'm just gonna tell you, well, I'll tell you one testimony. I had a lady in our church. This has happened since we've been here. She called me and she said, listen, I made a mistake. And I, this is the situation that happened. She had made a mistake. And she said, but I need your wisdom and your advice. See, what happened was she had made a mistake. And because she had made a mistake, uh, it had to do with her job. All, all the circumstances in her job changed on her like that. She made a mistake. Things shifted. Things changed. And it, it, like, it was like it collapsed on her is how she felt. And it, it just had collapsed on her. And she didn't know how to handle it. So she called her pastor. And she asked me for advice. So I gave her advice. But then I did something better than give her advice. I gave her word. And I, I pulled as much scripture as I could pull on that phone call. I must have poured word into her for 20 minutes. Just Here's the scripture. And believe in this. And write this down. And speak this over your life. And go in there with your boss. And before you go in, pray this and speak this and claim this. And I, I mean, really, as much as I could. I know she was even tired of listening to it. But I knew if I could get the word in her that she was going to go in there the next day and that it wasn't going to be her that fixed it. It was going to be her faith in God and God working supernaturally through her faith and by her faith that would change that situation. You know she's still working there today? It all worked out. And as a matter of fact, she's even gone even further and is, is in advancing herself so that she can get a different job and move herself out of that situation all because of the inspiration of the word. It's not me. I just regurgitated what God gave me. If you need that kind of help, I'm here. I'm always a call away. I'm always a call away. I'm much more available. Now. I mean, as the church grows, I mean, who knows how available I'll be. I'm available right now. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here most of the week. You can call. Um, actually, our, our office phone doesn't even have office hours. When we leave the office, you can still get us. Call the office phone. We're, we're going we're to probably answer it. If not, the voicemail actually goes to my cell phone, and then I'm going to call you back. Pastor, I need you. I need to know. I need a word. I need some guidance. I need some direction. I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I know the one who does. I know the one who does. And I know where to go. 
So if you need help, let me help you. Because if you don't battle in the arena of faith, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. You're set up to lose. You're destined to lose. My, uh, I'm going I'm to end with, that was part one, part two. My high school algebra teacher, this is a good story. When I was a senior in high school, I applied for college, just like any good senior would do. I applied for college. I didn't know if I would get in or not. I didn't know what would happen. I didn't know all those things. But what I knew was is that God was going to take care of me. And I knew that, that what he had promised me, and I knew that was going to come, really, I knew that was going to come true. And so um, I didn't know which college I was going to get into, but I knew I was going to college, and I knew I was going to succeed. Well, because God's a good God, I got into the college I wanted to get into. I got the, the, the letter. And so the day I got the letter, I'm calling my friends, I'm texting my friends, all that stuff. And the next day, this particular teacher was algebra or something like that. It was some sort of a college-level class. She was a college-level teacher in high school. And she would always have students come early because you needed, usually in these types of classes, if you're high school age, you needed extra help. So I show up early. Well, my buddies had already, already made it ahead of me. They were already there. They went earlier than I did. And I don't know if they told her or if they were just talking amongst themselves, but she got wind of it. I barely made it through the door. She met me at the back row of the chairs. She'd walk from the front, put her stuff down, met me in the back row of the chairs, got in my face, and let me have it. If you take this type of attitude you have in my class to that university, they're going to eat you alive. You'll never make it. You'll never fail. I mean, you'll never make it. You'll fail. You, you, you will not. You'll be back here going to Francis Marion before you know it. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to. I'll be honest with you. It took me. I liked her up until that point. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't even know I had an attitude with her class. But she thought I did. I don't know if she was trying to motivate me or not. I really think she genuinely thought that I had an attitude with her class and that I was not going to do well. But see, I knew something in me that she didn't know. And I knew something that God promised me that had been cemented in me from the time I was a little boy. A truth from the Word of God that I took with me that actually I put on the inside of my college ring when I graduated. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. And I don't care if you tell me I can't do it, I know I can do it. And I know what God called me to do. And I know whether it's this university or another one, I'm going to pass. And I'm going to get a degree. And I'm going to do big things. And I'm going to do something with my life. And you are going to hear about it, little woman. I was motivated. But not because, not just because of what she said. Yes, there was some natural motivation there. But I knew within me. And whenever there was a challenge at school, whenever there was a challenge, that verse lived with me. It carried me. I can do this. I can do all things. I'm made for more. God is with me. He hasn't left me. He's sitting here. He'll help me. He'll equip me if I call on him. And the times when I didn't call on him and I didn't rely on the scriptures were when I failed. He is faithful. And he always did what his word said he would do. 
I want you to pray. If you look up, write this down. Look up Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. There's some prayers in there that Paul prayed over the church at Ephesus. Pray those over your life. Pray them. You can put your name in, in wherever he said, I pray that your eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. You can put your name there. You can put your family's names there. You can pray. Pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. And pray and believe that you will have what the word says you have. I want y'all to say that with me as we close. Stand up on your feet, if you will. Stand up on your feet. Say, I have what the word says I have. Say it again and say it like you mean it. Say, I have what the word says I have. I have the mind of Christ. I have the spirit of love, a spirit of power, a spirit of sound mind. I have more than enough. Come on, say it. Say, I have more than enough. I want you to get the word down inside of you. Come on, say, I have more than enough. I have healing in my body. I have power. I have the ability. I'm able to do what I'm called to do. I have guidance. I have direction. I have all spiritual riches. I have all spiritual gifts. I am who God says I am. I am what God says I am. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say it again. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say it again. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, I pray over each and every person in this room. I speak over them that they are the head and they are not the tail. They are above and not under. Oh, Lord, I know what your word says and I declare and decree it over them that they are blessed going in and blessed coming out. Lord, I love you and I thank you for the miracles you're going to do in our lives. Watch over them, protect them, and keep them safe everywhere they go. Let them be a blessing on their job at their schools in their neighborhoods, in their homes. In Jesus' name, amen.